For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. This is part 12 of the series. Let's look at a couple examples in the New Testament where Yeshua is giving us insight about his role to gather the exiles of Israel and those things that are associated with it. We're going to do so by looking at Yeshua's miracle feeding of 5,000 in John in chapter 6. And here in the feeding of the 5,000, he's going to do so with five barley loaves and two fishes, the result is going to be 12 baskets. In Matthew, in chapter 15, verses 32 through 39, Yeshua performs a miracle to 4,000. He's doing it with seven loaves and a few fishes. The result of this miracle is seven baskets. Referring to these two miracle feedings, and the difference between them that the 4,000 had seven baskets and the 5,000 had 12 baskets, Yeshua asked this question of his disciples in Mark in chapter 8 in verse 19. He says, When I broke the five loaves among the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? And they said 12. And when the seven loaves among the 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments? did you take up? And he said seven. And so he then said to them, how is it that you don't understand? You see, he showed them. You see, the one with the feeding of the 5,000, we have 12 baskets. And the feeding of the 4,000, we have seven baskets. He's saying, you see the difference? Then how is it that you don't understand? Well, would you like to understand what he was trying to show them? You see, those who were being fed were the multitudes. And while it refers to literal physical people who was there with Yeshua and his disciples, the multitude spiritually is going to be a reference or an allusion to the exiles of Israel. Yeshua is going to train his disciples to be fishers of men, to go out to the exiles of Israel, to go out to those in the nations and to share with them the good news of his death, burial and resurrection.
resurrection, the good news of his new covenant, that they can be forgiven of their sins, that they can be a part of his family. But you put yourself in the first century. There is no Roman Catholic Church. There is no Protestant churches. In the first century, it's a given that if you believe in the God of Israel and you're in covenant relationship with him, you follow the Torah. There is no debate about whether a believer in the God of Israel or the Messiah of Israel follows the Torah. That's not going to be an issue in the minds of the disciples of Yeshua. What's going to be an issue for them is what is the message that I teach to those in the nations? Because within the Jewish understanding, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, what they believe about those in the nations is they don't need to follow all the Torah. They only need to follow the seven laws of Noah. Therefore, does Yeshua want to send out his disciples to the nations and declare to them and have them declare to those in the nations that all they need to do is follow the seven laws of Noah? Or does he want them to share with the exiles of Israel and those in the nations that he is the Messiah, that they could be forgiven of their sins, that they can be in a new covenant relationship with him by being adopted or grafted into the covenant and they can express their love for the redemption that he brings to them by loving him and keeping his commandments, which means following the Torah. What is the message that Yeshua wants his disciples to send out to those who are in the nations of the world? And that is what he is answering in the miracle feeding of the 5,000 versus the 4,000. We then go to Matthew in chapter 16. In verse 5, it is written, when the disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Yeshua said unto them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves saying, is it because we have taken no bread? So Yeshua said unto them in Matthew chapter 16 verse 9, do you not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves and the five thousand and how many baskets you took up? Don't you remember the seven loaves and the four thousand and how many baskets you took up? How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning physical bread, that you should be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of physical bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees regarding what? The subject is feeding the multitudes and the baskets that are gathered. You see, the biblical Pharisees are the ones who ended up writing the Talmud. And the Talmud is the oral law being written down. And those who follow the Talmud and the oral law, today they refer or they are known as Orthodox Jews. And the faith that they follow and practice they call Judaism. And what is Jewish or Orthodox Jewish belief regarding those in the nations? Do they believe that those in the nations should or obligated to follow the commandments that were given at Mount Sinai? The answer is no. They teach that you only need to follow the seven laws of Noah if you are not Jewish and you are living in the nations of the world. And if you follow the seven laws of Noah, 
Noah, Judaism teaches that if you're a non-Jew, then you are in the proper relationship with the creator of the universe, with the God of Israel. Is this what Yeshua wanted to teach his disciples? Is that the message he wanted them to go out with? The answer is no. Therefore, the seven loaves in the miracle feeding of the 4,000 represents the seven laws of Noah that would be taught to the multitude. And the seven baskets represent those who's going to believe the seven laws of Noah if it was taught to them. This is in contrast to the five loaves in John chapter 6. The five loaves represent the five books of the Torah. The two fishes represents Ephraim and Judah, both houses of Israel, in one application. Another application, it could refer to Ephraim and Manasseh themselves, or the northern kingdom. Then the result was 12 baskets. What do the 12 baskets represent? It represents the 12 tribes of Israel. So let's see how this is the lesson that Yeshua was teaching to his disciples. And let us look more closely at John chapter 6. The setting of John chapter 6 and verse 4 is Passover. Why is the setting Passover? Because historically the children of Israel came out of Egypt at Passover. And in the future, when the 12 tribes are regathered, their initial gathering of all 12 tribes is going to take place at a future Passover season. Now we go to John in chapter 6 and verse 5, where it says that when Yeshua then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company or multitude come unto him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, verse 9, there is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? The five loaves here is going to represent the five books of the Torah. The two fish are going to represent Ephraim and Judah because we see the result is the 12 baskets or the gathering of the 12 tribes of Israel. Let's see how at least Ephraim is likened unto fish. If we go to Genesis in chapter 48 and verse 16, Genesis chapter 48, and verse 16 says, The angel which redeemed me from all evil blessed the lads and let my name be named on them in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac. And now the King James says, Let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. But in the Hebrew where it says grow, the Hebrew word is the God, which means fish. It literally says in the Hebrew, let them increase as fish increase in the earth. But because that doesn't make logical sense, fish don't increase increase in the earth, fish increase in the sea. It was translated, let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, we find the Hebrew word daga, where it says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. We saw earlier the prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 16 verses 14 through 16 that the God of Israel will send fishers for the exiles of Israel. Well, who do fishers fish for? They fish for fish. Therefore, we have in the miracle two fish. Then it says in Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 16, that 
he's going to fish for them. And when Yeshua called his disciples, he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. That is Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Men, as we've already reviewed, is a term that is used for the exiles of Israel. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 31. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 10. But it is also a term for all mankind. Now, in John in chapter 6 and verse 10, this is what Yeshua instructed that would be done. It says, make the men sit down. Well, he's talking in the literal about the multitude, but men is a reference to the exiles of Israel and all mankind. Sit down. Sitting down is a Hebrew idiom, which means to teach them Torah. That is because Torah is learned at the feet of your teacher. In giving the Torah at Mount Sinai, in Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 3, yea, he loved the people, all of his saints are in your hand, and they sat down at your feet and received of your words, or received the Torah. John chapter 6 verse 3, Yeshua went up into a mountain and there he sat with his disciples. What's he doing? He's teaching them. He's instructing them. You sit and learn Torah. In Acts chapter 22 verse 3, Paul testified of the following. He was born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, but he was brought up in this city that is in Jerusalem at the feet of Gamaliel and taught according to the perfect manner of the Torah of our fathers. What does it mean that he sat at the feet of Gamaliel? It means he was taught the Torah from Gamaliel. In Mark's version of the account of John chapter 6, we have this information in verse 39 as it is written. He commanded them to make all sit down by company upon the green grass and they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. This is an allusion or a reference back to Exodus in chapter 18. In Exodus chapter 18, we have an account where Jethro says to Moses, you know, by doing everything yourself, it causes too much burden upon you. Why don't you elect elders who will teach the people? And if there's any question that's too hard, then they can come to you. So in Exodus chapter 18 and verse 19, it is written, hearken now unto my voice and I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Be thou for the people to Godward that you may bring the causes unto God and you shall teach them ordinances and laws and you will show them the way that they must walk and the work that they must do. Verse 25. And Moses chose able men out of all Israel and he made them heads over the people rulers of thousands hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of ten. John chapter 6 and verse 10, it states that there was much grass in that place. Grass is representative or symbolic of the world because the world is covered, the ground that is, with grass. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 6, the voice says cry and he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. John chapter 6 and verse 11, it tells us that Yeshua took the loaves, that would be the five loaves, which represents the Torah, the five books of the Torah. And when he had given 
thanks, he distributed the five loaves to his disciples. That's prophetic of he would be taking the Torah and teaching it to his disciples and then the disciples to the nations, to them that had sat down, the multitude, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. John chapter 6 verse 12. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments. Gather is a reference or an allusion to gathering the exiles of Israel. Psalm 147 and verse 2, it is written, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. What is the building up of Jerusalem? He gathers together the outcasts or the exiles of Israel. Isaiah 56 verse 8, it is written, the Lord God which gathers the outcasts of Israel. John chapter 6 verse 12, he said, gather up the fragments. Gathering is a deeper meaning to gathering the exiles of Israel. How are you going to gather them? Take the five loaves, which I have distributed and given to you, and you give these five loaves to the multitude, to those in the nations. Gather up the fragment. A fragment is a remnant. And in gathering the exiles of Israel, it prophesies that that a remnant will return. Isaiah, in chapter 10, verse 21, it says, The remnant shall return, even the remnant of Jacob, unto the mighty God. Isaiah, in chapter 10, in verse 22, it is written, For though the people of Israel be as the sand of the sea, yet a remnant of them shall return. Then Isaiah chapter 11 in verse 16 it is written there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people which shall be left from Assyria. Finally we have Jeremiah in chapter 23 in verse 3 as it is written and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them. Back to John chapter 6 in verse 12 gather up the fragments that remain so that none is lost. Lost is a term that refers to the northern kingdom because they were assimilated in the nations of the world and in assimilating they took upon the identity of the people who they assimilated and intermarried with and they lost their personal identity regarding who they were as a people but the exiles of Israel are never lost in the eyes and the understanding of the God of Israel. Ezekiel in chapter 34 in verse 11 it is written, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. Yahweh Elohim, the good shepherd, the Messiah of Israel, is going to search for his sheep and seek them out. And then it says in Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 16, I will seek that which was lost. Gather so that none is lost. Ephraim is regarded as lost or really assimilated into the nations of the world. In Hosea chapter 1, we are told about a marriage between Gomer and Hosea. And the first of their children that is mentioned from the marriage is Hosea chapter 1 verse 4. And the name of the child is Jezreel, which means God will sow or God will scatter. Then it says in Hosea chapter 7 verse 8, Ephraim has mixed himself among the people. Then it says in Micah chapter 5 verse 7, and the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many people. The result of the disciples doing
doing what Yeshua instructed them to do, that is, taking the five loaves, the five books of Moses, and the two fish, that is, the two houses of Israel, Ephraim and Judah, that if they would make the multitude sit down, that is, to teach them Torah, and they would be able to gather up the fragments so that none is lost, and the result will be the gathering of the twelve tribes of Israel, represented by the twelve baskets. And John, in chapter 6, in verse 13, it is written, Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets. This is an example that we're sharing with you in Yeshua's earthly ministry to help you understand that he not only died on the tree to unite the twelve tribes of Israel, but his entire earthly ministry is centered around and focused regarding his role as the Messiah to gather the exiles of Israel. Next, we're going to look at the parable of the prodigal son and see how this is related and associated to Messiah, explaining his role to gather the exiles of Israel and the interaction in doing so between the northern kingdom and southern kingdom, Ephraim and Judah. In Luke, in chapter 15 and verse 11, it says, a certain man had to sons. The parable is about two sons. The two sons are Ephraim, that would be the northern kingdom, and Judah, that would be the southern kingdom. When the nation of Israel was brought out of Egypt, they are regarded as being the son of God. In Exodus, in chapter 4, in verse 22, it is written, Thus you shall say unto Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Ephraim is regarded as a son of the God of Israel in Jeremiah in chapter 31 and verse 20 as it is written is Ephraim my dear son is he a pleasant child in Luke in chapter 15 in verse 12 we see how the prodigal son wants to take his inheritance and it says that he told his father father give me the portion of goods that falls to me and he divided unto them his living. This is going to let us know that this is referring to Ephraim because the inheritance is the birthright blessing and what you're supposed to do with the birthright blessing is if anyone in the family who has departed from the ways of the family the one with the birthright blessing is to get a double portion so that he can be and redeem those of the family who have departed and walked away and have become poor. In First Chronicles chapter 5 verse 2, we can see how the birthright blessing was given to Joseph or Ephraim. For Judah prevailed above his brethren and of him came the chief ruler. But the birthright or the birthright blessing, or the blessing of the firstborn was given to Joseph. In Luke in chapter 15 in verse 13 it says, and not many days after the younger son gathered 
gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. That is what Ephraim, or the northern kingdom, did. In Ezekiel, in chapter 23, in verse 2, Well, that's going to conclude part 12 of the series on the subject, Yeshua, from Genesis to Revelation. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.